This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek vibes nation as always i'm your host tia and i have with me the amazing britney i was gonna say the fantabulous britney but i feel like you wouldn't get the reference that i was going for oh no wait now i want to know the reference uh i was gonna say i'm doing great but now i'm just thinking of the marvelous mrs Maisel. <laughs> that's an amazing show i was saying um you remember when the movie birds of prey came out yes i never saw it so birds of prey is actually the shortened version of the real title and i'm not kidding you the real title of that movie is the it's called birds of prey and the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley Quinn. Well, that's the actual full title? That's the actual full title. At least the full title that they were running with until they put it in theaters and saw that that wasn't going well for the marketing standpoint. And then they start, and then they tried to market as simply Birds of Prey. And then when people didn't know about it, then they marketed it as Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Very confusing. I'm gonna say because Harley, like they really, it must it, that would have been better off as like Harley featuring the Birds of Prey. And <laughs> like, can I tell you, it's so funny that movie was called Birds of Prey. So you thought that there would be like this huge um, focus on the Birds of Prey, but not only was the every trailer so Harley Quinn centric, but I actually saw the movie. And yeah, the movie's like 100% Harley Quinn's movie. She does the voiceovers. It's it's following her story and everything. And then the Birds of Prey just happen to pop up. That's really weird. They should just, if they would have just called it Harley Quinn, it would have sold so well. I think so too, because the movie didn't do like great. It didn't do terrible numbers, right? But not anything that you'd probably want to see from um, a movie, you know, a DC movie and also a Harley Quinn movie, if that makes sense. I I just, I can't see it, like, I, I don't think it was awful, like, from hearing about it, but I just don't hear anybody, like, screaming its praises. I think I remember when you said you saw it, you were just like, it's all right. Because it, the thing is, all right, so... The movie was made with, like, a very low budget, which is fine, right? Um, you know, you don't need, like, massive budgets or anything like that. And so it did feel a little low budget in a sense. And Margot Robbie was great as Harley Quinn. She always is. Um, Their entire budget was just getting her. <laughs> and, and I don't know. If you know who this is, uh, Ian McGregor, he played uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played the main villain. So I feel like because he's a very well-known actor, it's like it went to his salary as well. It's like Marco Robbie and Ian McGregor. That's our whole budget. (laughs) 
Obi-Wan was like his like for me knowing him like that was your claim to fame that's like that put the food in your belly type situation (laughs) you know that he's reprising that role they're making a show on Disney plus an Obi-Wan Kenobi show that's insane like I know people are um, excited for which you know I work in IT so the guys at work are like oh my god this is the best day of my life and I'm like I'm sure it is I sure it is I'm kind of excited for it I have to say I am because um I thought that his character was one of the best characters in the prequel um trilogies and you know I've been enjoying what Disney plus is giving us in terms of Star Wars, like you watched The Mandalorian. How yeah, I'm excited for what they've made because you know my thing is I wasn't a huge, huge fan of the movies, but the thing was for me is I never saw the original ones, and I still haven't fully seen the original ones. Like yeah, and it's like I always loved Vader, but I always loved the era Vader, and I had seen you know the clips of Vader. But for me, I never had fully seen it. So what I grew up with was uh, the less popular ones were, you know, where there was Obi-Wan, but he really sold it himself, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I knew people loved him, but I know people don't ultra love those movies. And so I think for me, I just didn't think much of the movies. And so like actually seeing the lore and getting to actually enjoy it that way has been nice like through say Mandalorian where it's like I have learned I don't much care about what happens with you know the Jedi's themselves I'm more invested in the side story and everything else going on I will say so growing up the prequels right with Obi-Wan and Anakin were the Star Wars that I grew up on and yeah I mean, I do remember enjoying them. I remember enjoying them. Um, I did see the original trilogy uh, back when I was young. Jar Jar Binks can suck it, though. Hmm? Jar Jar Binks can suck it, though. Yeah, okay, so about during the pandemic, right, last summer, uh, when I got Disney+, Plus, I went through this whole, like, Star Wars watching binge, and I will say that going back and, like, re-watching the prequels, I found Jar Jar Binks so insufferable. Um, And I was like, God, you're horrible. But I I still do feel bad about the actor because he went through a lot, apparently, from people being so shitty about it. But um, I put that on George Lucas's shoulders for creating a character like that. But um, (laughs) uh, the original trilogy, I think the first two, still hold up pretty well the la- the third one i'm sorry i think that's <sighs> return of the jedi or something i forget but it, it was so cheesy because it was getting into like the 80s and for some reason so many 80s movies were so corny um so that was fine uh the force awakens i didn't like the last jedi was a hot pile of fucking garbage I didn't I, see those ones, but I, I've heard things. I, I've, heard, saw, I've heard things. No, 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 no. You saw The Force Awakens because that was your moment when you thought Kylo Ren was cool up until no, he took no, off I his helmet. I the last one. Sorry, I get the names mixed up. The the latest ones. Not I've seen that one. I haven't seen the movies past that. Okay, so The Last Jedi was the second one. It was a hot pile of garbage. Um, I didn't see... 
What was the third one that just came out? I didn't see The Rise of Skywalker. I heard mixed things about it. But I will say Rogue One was amazing because, as you said, it was the side stories. Like, just like with The Mandalorian, right? It didn't focus on the Jedis. It focused on characters we didn't know. And for some reason, that was just so much better. No. No, I... You know, I do, like, whenever... um... I'm sorry, I just started laughing because I was remembering how people simp so hard for Kylo Ren now. Where there's girls that are like, he can be fixed. You know, there was nothing wrong with him. You know, and they, I mean, they go hard for Kylo Ren. I just, I got, got to remembering that to make me laugh. Well, apparently in The Rise of Skywalker, which I guess spoiler alerts for those who haven't seen it, but it has been out, I think, for over a year now. Um, I mean, in it, Ray and Kylo do end up kissing. And I was like, wow, this is a piece of fan fiction. <laughs> aren't they technically, aren't they, no, they're not, te- I was about to say, aren't they technically cousins? But then I was like, oh. <laughs> that was I Luke was like, and Layla, uh, Leia yeah, as yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, are they cousins? I was like, is there a relation? Or like, is she related to Luke? And I was like, I was about to have like, a freaking crisis over here. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm in no, no. but I ain't that deep into Arkansas. Oh Gia. my god, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but um, what Jim calls it, yeah. So this uh, top ten is not about Star Wars. Um, I feel like if we did a top ten, we'd do something like top ten uh, worst Star Wars moments, worst Star Wars movies. Worst characters. Worst I, ca- I, I, we could do top ten best and worst characters in the series. That would honestly be hilarious because you and I are not that deep into Star Wars, and I feel like it would piss some people off. They'd be like, well, have you seen the comics? Have you read the books? Have you seen the animated series? It's like, no. And it's like, well, how could you judge? And it's like, I'm going to judge. That's what we do here. I'm I'm pretty judgmental. Watch me. Watch Watch me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this podcast is not about Star Wars. This actually is the top 10 movies to watch this summer and i should clarify because i apparently didn't do too good of a job clarifying it to Brittany before but um this is just supposed to be a fun list uh of movies that you should watch this summer it's uh it's nice out so you probably won't be spending that much time indoors you know a lot of restrictions are being lifted people are getting vaccinated so uh, you're probably all very excited to get out there, but uh, whether it's an old movie or a new movie, I figured we should just go through movies that are would be enjoyable to sit down and watch while you're at home. Um, so this is not a podcast about movies that are actually coming out this summer. Uh, they're movies mostly about just, again, what we like. So I figured that would be a good topic. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I love it. I I still laugh at it because I was like, I I even looked back. And I was like, what did I misunderstand? And I'm like, it was so open for interpretation. It just made me laugh. Yeah, you know, sometimes you know, here at the top ten, uh, we're very um, 
transparent with our listeners. You know, sometimes we do a lot of research for our top tens. We think about it days, weeks in advance. And other times life gets in the way and we're busy and we literally talk the a few hours beforehand and go, let's do this topic. So that definitely was this week. <laughs> we're taking it a day at a time. We're taking it a day at a time. Um, but listen, we do well here at the top 10. We have plenty of amazing episodes that you should check out. Last week we did the top 10 best uh, Tom Hardy roles. So that was fun. Make sure you check that out. Um, nice transition. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to get better at it. But um, before we get into the list, you know, we always have to give our good friends over at Stranger Damies a huge shout out. Stranger Damies is a podcast. It's a Dungeons and Dragons D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. If you enjoy mystical dragons, amazing adventures, uh, you know, uh, treasure galore, and also a touch of the 1980s, make sure you check out Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies, both on Twitter and Instagram. Tell Mark, Anthony, and Dan that both Tia and Brittany said hello. And also, I do want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at the Kind of Nerdy Girls podcast. We are desperately trying to get KJ and Patches on um, so that we can do the top 10 Chris Evans roles. I didn't don't know if I told uh, you that, Brittany, but that's what we're doing because <laughs> they are they are huge Chris Evans fans. Uh, they have something called Chris Miss. Uh, that they're actually starting <laughs> that they're starting in about a month um, and every podcast they have a Chris Evans update so I thought I really liked Chris Evans uh, but uh, I can't hold a candle to the kind of nerdy girls network but they're amazing can I tell you you know what I, I accept it I, I appreciate that kind of commitment to uh chris evans i do too and they're really great i've been on three of their shows now um kj and patches are, and by the way it, they insisted that he's called patches because i thought his name was patrick they're a married couple and kj's like tia you're the only one who calls him patrick everyone calls him patches and i'm like all right i guess i'll get used to this but um <laughs> Uh, be cool to you. don't make yeah, this weird don't make it weird but make sure you check them out uh they are also joined by jana and katie katie herself is also a gamer so make sure you check that all out but yeah we have a lot of great friends here at geek fives nation so make sure you check them all out but let's get into this top 10 let's do this Brittany. do you got a number 10 to start us off with <laughs> I, I do and you're gonna love and hate me are you ready i'm ready you should watch Silence of the Lambs. I was going to say, it's going to be Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I always put it here, but Tia, it's almost like a tradition now. It is a tradition at this point. <laughs> if you give me a chance to do Silence of the Lambs. Okay, this is my argument. Okay, Tia, are you ready? You know what really spells summer? You know what really spells summer? Murder. A good murder mystery. <laughs> the whole like i know what you did last summer kind of thing well tia listen listen to me here okay i need you i need you to really mm-hmm. just sit here and listen to it uh murder is a great way to spend the summer i mean it's exhilarating um especially if you're eating people i'm sure it's really refreshing for hannibal um you know and i think if i think back to it, it took place in the summer because it was really hot 
because you know it's like the 80s or early 90s when all this murder is going on and they're all in this hot stuffy room and all I can think of is like huh that must be in summertime Tia and you know at the end of Silence of the Lamb you know Hannibal does escape and he's I think he goes to Columbia he goes somewhere really warm and I think that's really tropical Tia um but I, I, I love the way that you're selling this. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Um, you know, and I really think you know Hannibal would be able to make something really refreshing this summer that would just be just excellent. But on a real actual series, so I probably will be watching this movie again very soon. I do love the movie, and for a movie where like Hannibal only shows up for five seconds, I will tell you though. On a side note, I told the guys at work, you know, I've been in t- interning at the IT department. I said I knew something was wrong with me when I know the first like. My first, like, crush was on Hannibal Lecter, and the freaking IT director just stopped, and he, like, looked at me, and he said, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's okay for you to still work. No, I, you know, for me, I think the movie really is like almost like a comfort movie. Like I could put it on and listen to it and go about doing other stuff and just be perfectly fine, you know, and just enjoy myself and just kind of listen to it because it has a little bit of everything. There is the mystery and it's kind of like, you know, how sometimes you have that comfort movie where, you know, every twist and turn. So, you know, you're not going to get surprised or stressed out. It's just like, yeah, this is a stressful movie, but you know, it all works out in the end. And it's great. It's great, Tia. I should expect um, Silence of the Lambs to show up on every single top 10 that it can. So you did not disappoint. Um, I gave you a really good reason for it, too. I mean, it's very, did, it's very summery. Movie. What's funny is I, I actually gonna see, I think the movie did come out in a summer. Oh, I actually do think more murders happen in the summer. <laughs> and just like that, we got demonetized. <laughs> there you go. Um, I was going to say, like, you know, Anthony Hopkins just won um, an Oscar at like the age of he should. As and he should. <laughs> and I'm like, that man continues to give just superb uh, performances and I will say that prior to meeting Brittany I actually had never seen Silence of the Lambs I knew knew of the cultural references right I feel like you can't have been a 90s baby and grown up during that time without knowing some things about the movie right and also and also on top of that, um, what you call it? Do you remember there was a show that was literally called "I Love the Seventies," "I Love the Eighties," "I Love the Nineties." Do you yes. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was obsessed with it because I was really obsessed with the eighties one and hoping they would talk about Transformers. And I kept trying to catch it in time to see if they would talk about Transformers. I don't think they ever did. Um, I know the first thing. But I'm just saying, like, I I think that show, honestly, should be, like, recommended for kids to watch. Because I got all of my cultural, pop cultural, even historic 
references from that show. I mean, they went through things that were happening in real life from the Berlin Wall getting knocked down to, you know, what was happening in entertainment and everything. So it's like when they did I Love the 90s, they obviously talked about Silence of the Lambs. So again, I knew about it, right? And then I watched it at your house, what, like six years ago or something at this point. Bro, that made me feel old. Holy shit. (laughs) Whatever, yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Um, and I was like, wow, I understand what everyone means when they talk so highly of this movie. And Anthony Hopkins' performance is so great that you literally kind of forget that he's only in it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. That's why, like, sometimes I just look at the compilations of like his scene. Because I'm like, oh, I could watch this in the time it, like, takes for the shower to warm up and for me to lay out my flows for the day. (laughs) I have a problem, Tia, and I'm not sorry about it. I just need you to know that. Well, can I point out something, too? So, Polly and I then rewatched the movie not too long ago, actually, I want to say. I know he, like swung by at some point to like say that we watched it recently but we did watch it not too long ago and I have to say that as I was watching it I this sounds bad but do you ever go back and watch it and it's the moment when Buffalo Bill kidnaps that girl and you kind of think to yourself how dumb she was and I know that sounds bad but it's like he's literally like can you help me put this couch in my van and she's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, well, can you get in first? I'm going to just push the couch into you or something. She's like, okay. And then he closes the doors and drives away. And I'm like, girl, no. <laughs> you know, and like, I, I for a long time watching, I was like, okay, you know, I'm never going to help someone. But I think what the, they were trying to say, you know, between who, because their mother is like the governor or senator, right, of that state yeah. they're in. Which, like, it's actually been a little bit since I've watched it fully through again. So, you know, I'm not as, like, well-versed as I used to be. My thing is, is that her mom goes on about how she's such a sweet girl and that, you know, really just talking about how great her daughter is. And I think what it's supposed to be is that, you know, she has a big moment where, you know, she's begging with them and she, you know, she seems very, like, timid, very upset, very scared, very, like, very naively innocent but by the end when she gets out and she seems so angry like you know like she's just so ready to be out like when she gets the dog and she holds it you know hostage against him I think it's kind of was kind of her awakening too in a sense of like that kind of innocent loss because she fucking she she fucking took that dog and I think she keeps it because it hurts its leg whenever it falls down and she's still fucking clutching that dog at the end. And I'm like, she really fucking loves that dog now. Well, it needs a new home, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean Clarice didn't shoot the fuck out of that dude, so yeah, right? he's like like and you know what I thought was neat about it is that, you know, Hannibal does take a moment to really like psychoanalyze it, it psychoanalyze the guy but in a way that you wouldn't have gotten that beforehand. You would just be like, Oh, he's fucking crazy. He's making like a suit out of skin. I mean, it was a very like intelligent movie and you don't realize how much of that movie is just talking 
until you go back and rewatch it. And it's like so much of it is just talking. But it's great. It's an amazing movie. Uh, Great choice. Uh, Starting us off strong here at the top 10. (laughs) I'm going to get number nine. And I'm going to do a major flashback. And I was like, I don't know why. I haven't seen this movie in forever. So I, too, have to watch it again this summer. Uh, For no other reason than it's just talk about nostalgia and a feel-good movie. Please tell me that you've seen The Mummy. Okay. Yes and no. I remember it one time being on at my great aunt's and everybody watching it. And I, I, but me myself had never actually seen it. I remember that, wasn't, was The Rock in it? You're, you're not a true 90s baby. <laughs> when you yeah. haven't seen The Mummy. <laughs> I know. I, I'm old enough to remember when it came out. And I even think, and, and this isn't me just like making it up. I'm just being serious. I may have even seen that movie, but it's kind of like I went and saw Planet of the Ape when it first came out. You know, when they first did like the newer one, not the the one where like there's the fucking Abraham Lincoln as a fucking like ape yeah. and everything. I I remember that, but I don't remember it. Like I was there for it, but I don't remember it. This is where the age difference of you and I really comes into play. But (laughs) I really quick, you said The Rock, right? So really quick, uh, the second mummy, The Rock makes a very brief appearance because his whole thing, he's the Scorpion King, right? He makes a very brief appearance. And then they did a spinoff featuring The Rock and like his backstory called The Scorpion King. And can I tell you, Because that was like, I want to say The Mummy 2 was The Rock's first movie. I could be wrong, but it definitely was in the first five movies that he's ever done outside of the WWE, right? Yeah. I don't know how he actually became a great movie star from The Scorpion King, because that was a huge, hot pile of garbage. No. One of the worst movies I've ever seen and so it's like sometimes i think back and i'm like the rock is i think uh i think they said like last year the highest paying actor which it's like fine like the rock is great you know i enjoy a lot of his movies but it's like i can't believe that hollywood like <laughs> took a chance on him after how horrible I scorpion king was went, they collectively went yeah i can take a chance on this guy it's cool it's cool yeah scorpion king was fucking awful but anyway um, I actually like The Mummy 2 as well, but this is about the first mummy. Oh, God, Brittany. I can't. No, You've never no. seen The Mummy. <laughs> I love I love The Mummy. Um, you have Brendan Fraser in, like, the height of Brendan Fraser, you know? And he's this, like... You were simping hard. I can feel it in my bones. I want to say, like, first childhood crush. <laughs> like, and but, this is where we differ on our first childhood crushes. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. But so you have, like, Brendan Fraser's character, and he's this, you know, wild man who, you know, he's in Egypt, and he is, uh, you know, he specializes in 
going in and, you know, he knows about the pyramids and the this and the that, right? And then you have Rachel Weiss's character, who's this, you know, she's a librarian. She's very, not, I wouldn't say meek, right? But she's very, like, put together and, you know, she never does very anything. Proper. Yeah, very proper. She never does anything adventurous. And her brother, who is hilarious, definitely the comic relief, but he's also a bit of like a scoundrel because he's like, he wants, you know, to explore and he's taking his sister, but they need a guide, right? And they see Brendan Fraser's character, who, by the way, is about to get like hanged for something that he did. I forget now because it has been a long time since I've seen The Mummy. And he ends up like, surviving <laughs> he ends up surviving the hanging um oh my god and just like their relationship is so funny because he's just so like not proper or anything and she's just like proper and like thinks that he's disgusting and all that you know at first and obviously right. through the course of the movie they fall in love you know blah blah but no their their relationship's actually great Uh, (laughs) but the whole like thing about the mummy is it is so cool the backstory of it because it follows this um guy emotep who was like the priest for this pharaoh who had a wife but emotep was sleeping with the wife anaksumanum so when it was discovered, he was killed. They were separated by death. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, he, you know, he comes back to life and everything. So it's like you literally have like these mummies coming back to life. And, you know, tr- you know, uh, Emotep's trying to be reunited with his long lost love. But um, she's not going to be reincarnated like he is like he needs to get a body he gets Rachel Weiss's character at some point to like be the body and everything it's fucking insane you have mummies coming to life you have fucking like you know beetles that literally get under your skin and fucking eat you from the inside like it's, uh, like, it's so insane it's so child? No, yeah no I will tell you that every time they did that I had to look away because they did it a few times in the movie and it like the movie definitely um, had some really creepy moments because and the whole to me a lot of the uh, message sometimes of the movie was how greed will get you because there's so many times within the first and second movie where you'll have the one character who's like wants all the riches because they're going into the pyramids where pharaohs were buried with gold and all these treasures and they're they're you know hungry for that while they're trying to escape with their lives like there's one character that literally is trying to put all the gold he can in a bag and like Ben Fraser's character is saying, you know, we got to go. The walls are closing. What are you doing? He's like, no. And he ends up getting trapped and dying, you know? So that's so, pretty horrific. Yeah. And there's one point where in order to get into a door, like you have to put your hand in this hole and this one guy does it. And literally all those bugs start like eating his freaking arm. I do remember that scene. I, re- I do remember that because it made me not want to reach my hand in the thing. 
Yeah. So that's cool by the bone. Like yeah, a bone d- hand. He literally pulls back, say, a skeleton <laughs> hand. It definitely, now that I look back on it, it was not probably meant for children. <laughs> but Dude, I... You think? I loved it. I mean, The Mummy is such an adventure. It's It has everything. It's an adventure story. It's a love story. We need to watch it in October. Can we watch it in October? I will yes. wait to watch it just to watch it with you for the first time. Oh my god, you won't regret it. It's such an amazing movie. It's so fun. Um, and it's unexpected. There are, say, real consequences in the movie, you know? Not everyone but- makes it out alive. Um, and I, I don't know, I really enjoyed that. And I will say one last thing, like, Again, there are some characters in it that are absolutely, like, sniveling characters. And one of my favorite scenes, again, I guess, spoiler alert, but, you know, whatever. It's been out for, like, 20 years. So Um, there's this one character in it who's the epitome of, like, a sniveling character. He betrays Brendan Fraser's character over and over again because he's greedy. Again, another character that's super greedy. And there's that one point where he is in the same room when um, Emotep is like coming to life and it looks like he's going to kill him. And this guy whose character is named Benny, which is totally not uh, like, totally not like the other characters, Benny that we've seen in supernatural, but he has like all these necklaces of different religions and he keeps like trying to like put out a necklace that will work you know uh, until until finally he gets one and but pretty much emotep is like oh you're pretty much gonna be my little bitch at this point (laughs) um but yeah it's a great movie i don't know if i sold it or not but no i i actually really want to watch it now i i'm actually really looking forward to it it sounds good if i can remember like my parents loved it and I know a lot of other people that love it. Like, I think Aaron loves it, too. But I'm just like, I have not seen it. The first one was great. And I really liked the second one as well. Um, I actually never saw the third one. Because even though Brendan Fraser was in it, Rachel Weiss didn't come back. And I just thought their chemistry was so good that I just kind of didn't want to watch it if they weren't together. You know what I'm saying? I was you like, oh, little bitch. You, you are big <laughs> about that. I've noticed it. Like, with there's like big chemistry between characters and they don't return them, you're like, well, you know what? No, you know what it is? It's like uh, one and two, I think, were really great successes because it felt like everyone put their hearts into it. And I feel like no. the third one was an obvious cash grab because it didn't do nearly as well. It, no one really talks about it you talk about one and two because one and two are great but the third one you're kind of like meh and then you know they came out with like another mummy where tom cruise was in it and that was awful but anyway um yeah so the mummy i definitely suggest uh Brittany, let's just move on what's your number eight i'm gonna go with uh lawless yeah, I, I I know we just got done talking about this, but I really, really do enjoy Lawless. And for me, it's it, it's it goes back to a comfort movie. There's there's not a lot of movies that I just sit and go, man, I really want to watch that, even though I've watched it a million times. 
but it's almost like therapeutic like it, there's so much like an adventure to it do you know what I mean like there's such like oh there's I guess it's kind of like the old timey feel of it I, it feels a lot more simple because sometimes I feel like when you have a like a movie or show that's more modern there's so many different things you have to consider like oh they're gonna get a call you know there's gotta get this you gotta drive you gotta do this there's something kind of I wouldn't know if I would just say like quaint about it, but there's something nice about not having to worry about a million other things. It's just in one central location with a lot of shit happening, but you know, there's almost a comfort in it, but it's just always such a good movie. And I, and I won't go super, super deep into it because we did just talk about it, but it's like when you have kind of that moonshine adventure, like prohibition era and for like, Tia, we both know we love like old like mobster shit like especially with the prohibition so to have it kind of like not really like mob like not like you know like Al Capone but it actually kind of did because did one of the uh freaking um oh fuck what's his name uh Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf um he isn't he really like obsessed with that one like mobster that came through town and like shoots up yes he was like because he was like a chicago gangster you know a new alpha and he wanted or to something. be like him he wanted yeah. to be like him and uh he got all excited because i think the guy like winked at him or something and that really puts him on the path of like wanting to fucking do that and um i don't know I, the movie's just, I don't even know where to begin with it. It's just one of those good, and when you have Tom Hardy in it, looking fucking like, trying to pop out of his fucking sweater, and his relationship with Maggie, and have you met Howard? I, and I don't know, Howard. all the, the brothers and everyone had really good chemistry. No, I, like, we just got talking about lawless when we did the whole uh top 10 best tom hardy roles and it's like it still stands up as probably like the best one of the best tom hardy roles of all time and i love lawless i think like that it's a great movie that i can continue watching over and over and over again i as you said i love the whole like prohibition thing i love the way that the movie is structured, it has happy moments, it has sad moments, it has, you know, death, adventure, it has a lot. And I like this idea of this movie where you just have these moonshiners and uh, it's just following their lives in their little small town. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I love it. Uh, I love the brothers and I wouldn't change a thing about Lawless. I thought it was great. I know I I think it's like I even love the villain in it like he was so hateable he was fucking awful and his fucking like OCD with like touching people you know like that one girl when it's like oh you know I think I don't I don't know who she was like to them like but like when he had her on the bed and he made her sit on newspapers I was like you're a fucking awful human being you are disgusting but he was such a good hateable character like one of those you really rooted against but he made a great villain yeah um Guy Pierce as Charlie Rakes I think did a really good job in making this absolutely despicable villain with really no 
redeemable characteristic. Oh yeah, he was totally redeemable. And then he killed a the freaking one of the guy's friends. He killed um Shia LaBeouf's character Jack. He killed his friend in such yeah. a horrible way too. I thought to myself, he breaks what? his neck. Yeah, and I was like, what did he do to you? <laughs> he did nothing. He, he was breathing, so he fixed it. Do you? <laughs> if he breathing, he need be dead. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of uh, is she breathes? Jesus, have you seen that? No. Oh my God! It no, it's back on the Star Wars thing. I'll send it to you after uh, after the podcast. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Lawless is a super fun uh movie to definitely watch this summer. I mean, I think the soundtrack is really good. Um, you will end up rooting for these characters in the end, even though I guess you could technically say like. You know they are doing something illegal but you know um it's just alcohol who cares no <laughs> you I, mean, I still live in the prohibition so yeah that you know what that is very true that's very true um yeah i love it uh you know that movie really i mean first of all that movie um kind of made me look at Shia LaBeouf differently as an actor, which, you know, Shia's going through a lot of crazy shit right now, which is not good. Um, so that sucks, you know, to kind of find that out. But at least that I'm just talking about me at the time of when Lawless came out. I'm going to be honest, before then, all I had seen him in was Transformers. And I was like, wow, I actually kind of like him in this movie. Um and I love Tom Hardy, uh, you know, I love, and Jason Clark, who played Howard. That was the first movie I saw him in. And I definitely, now when I see him in projects, I kind of get a little more interested. I'm not like the biggest watcher of his career, like some actors I'm very fond of, but I still get interested when I see him in a project just because it all goes back to Lawless. You know, I just had a reminder of one of the guys that worked today said, uh, I said something about the Punisher. I was like, oh, John Berthold, you know, I love him. And uh, he said, yeah, he goes, I was really afraid. He goes, because I fucking hated Shane. He goes, I hated (laughs) Shane so bad. I nearly stopped watching. And I was like, dude, that's how you know he's a great villain. You know, (laughs) and I I had to give like the spiel of like, you know, he couldn't go back for Rick. And I said, you know, I he's like, but you know, Rick hadn't been supposedly dead for so long before they were suddenly banging. And I was like, yeah, but you know, it was the apocalypse. And he's like, stop <laughs> standing up for him. I'm like, Shane, I'm sorry. Shane Walsh did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> did nothing wrong except everything. <laughs> except everything. But yeah, I love it. You putting Lawless down. Um guys it's a great movie to watch this summer you should definitely check it out um let me go to my list and make sure that i'm here um so i'm actually going to pick a movie that came out recently and i believe it's still available um on hbo max hang on let me actually make sure i get the movie title right (laughs) okay yeah okay that's what i thought it was um it's Godzilla versus Kong. So, oh man, yeah. So this movie just came out, and I think it's really good. It first of all, who doesn't love 
an action-packed movie during the summer, right? Um, and for those who are listening, if you watched 2017's Kong Skull Island, and then you watched, I believe it came out last year or two years ago, Godzilla King of the Monsters. So Godzilla versus Kong is the next one in that lineage of movies. So it's literally the King Kong that we saw in Skull Island versus Godzilla that was in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, and I think that the movie Godzilla versus Kong was a nice combination of obviously getting to see two giant monsters fight each other and blended with, say, the humans. Because it's like, in these movies, right, like, to me, the whole King Kong and Godzilla thing is kind of similar to, like, the Transformers, where you sit there and go, I could literally be fine with just a movie of the big giant things. I don't need the humans. But, you know, in Transformers, at least they talk. And, you know, Godzilla and Kong obviously don't talk. So in a way, you do need humans. But I didn't find the humans, like, their parts so insufferable that it took away from the movie. And um, the movie is really interesting because if you watch Godzilla, King of the Monsters, like, Godzilla is clearly, say, a hero, a protector. So in Godzilla vs. Kong, slight spoilers here, but... Godzilla is very much, at least in the beginning of the movie, the aggressor. And if you're a Godzilla fan and you've seen Godzilla King of the Monsters, you are probably a little confused at first because they don't give an explanation right away as to why he is fighting against King Kong and why he's so aggressive. The explanation does come later, and it's a pretty plausible one, so it's pretty satisfying. But you totally are like, why is Godzilla being this way? Um, and it's it's a pretty good, uh, the two of them had a pretty good, like, knockout brawl. Um, and, you know, I'm not, say, the biggest kaiju fan. But even I was like, you know, this is badass seeing the two of them go at it. <laughs> I, by the way, you're going to think I'm so dumb when you were like, you're trying to figure out why he's so aggressive. And I was like, it's because he's got all these teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> Have you seen Waterboy? No. No, yeah. I haven't. Oh my gosh. That was wasted on you. Wasted. No, I'm it joking. was. I have to... I have I have so many things the I have so many things to send you right after this. But I was gonna say I need to see this movie because I've seen everything else. I, I'm completely caught up. There's no reason for me to not watch it. I just I don't know. Have you I'm seen Godzilla yeah. have you seen Godzilla King of the Monsters? I have. Oh okay, I yeah. Have, uh, yeah. So you would definitely enjoy Godzilla versus Kong. Um I think it's really good. Um, King Kong definitely is uh, painted as this really sympathetic character, Uh, especially if you've seen, and I know you have, but I'm saying in general, if you've seen Kong Skull Island, it's like you definitely saw him as this good guy who's just protecting people. And I really, so in the movie, right, Got, uh, King Kong has this like bond with this little girl and it's such a great bond and again 
you're like, ugh, human interaction. But it's not huge. It's in subtle little moments. And I really love it. It makes you sit there and go, wow, Kong's like such a great character. I'd like to meet Kong one day. And then you remember he's a gigantic freaking ape. And you're like, never mind. <laughs> you know, um, didn't they say like in the other movie, he was still like an adolescent and that he's a fucking adult now and he's fucking massive. Well, yeah, you definitely see that because compared to Kong Skull Island, you can tell that he's gotten bigger, especially when he goes up against Godzilla because Godzilla is freaking massive. Um, Like, oh my God. Can I tell you one thing? That in Godzilla versus Kong, I can't believe that these two beings could do as much damage as they can and it doesn't cause actual, say, permanent damage to the planet. Because Godzilla uh, I is... I wonder massive. how they eat that much. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. Um, I will say their end fight is so badass. Um, and then there's, like, another element that's thrown in it. And I really don't want to ruin it because you really should watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, before it leaves HBO Max. And because the end element that they throw in there is really cool. Oh, now I need it. Uh, I know. I've been slacking on movies, too. I've been slacking. I didn't see the new Demon Slayer movie, but I, I'm slacking on the rest of it. I'm just saying it's a good movie for you and Aaron on a day that you're just both kind of chilling, put it on. Um, and enjoy two freaking massive monsters going at it. So, yeah, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I definitely suggest for those who are listening, especially before it leaves HBO Max, because HBO Max has a window that is put on, so it's not going to be there forever. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Brittany, what's your next one? You're going to lie. I love Forrest Gump. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> I... I for me that I don't know why that speaks more of like like summer movie to me. It makes me think of like back when my parents had their lake house, like and there was no internet there, there was nothing, you know, there's just like hanging out, having a good time, having drinks and watching a good movie. And I remember watching like Forrest Gump over there and I don't know, there's just something fun about it. Like, yes, there's serious notes in it that you know, do get stressful, like, you know, Vietnam, you know, him losing his, you know, losing uh, Bubba and going through everything, but it's presented in a way that it kind of is almost, I don't think like children should learn life lessons from it, but it's like, it, it took a lot of serious matters and like made them in a way that was like digestible for like a common audience, you know, without being too serious. I mean, for God's sake, like, like fucking Forrest, like, poor him, where he's like, yeah, you know, my, his namesake is fucking awful, and they're just like, yeah, because he do- he's so naive, he doesn't know anything like that, or the, like, um, yeah, when he just takes off running one day, because, you know, he's upset over Jenny, and, you know, they're like, I don't know. You know, in his powerful moment where he's like, I may not be a smart man, but I know, you know, basically I know what love is. I don't know. It's just, it's a cute movie. It, 
you know, it's really serious in some parts, but I I could sit and watch it probably back to back at least three times before I was like, okay, I'm done with this fucking movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's one of Tom Hanks's most memorable roles. And I bet your grandma loves it, too. You know, okay, so for new listeners out there, because we haven't touched upon this in a while, my grandmother loves Tom Hanks. Um, she thinks he's one of the best actors, and he is, he's one of the best actors, but I think she just loves him because he can do a lot of different movies, and I think that she likes, you know, my grandparents are old school, right? They don't like their movies with excessive violence, cursing, sexual content, right? So to me, I feel, and she said it before, like Tom Hanks's movies are digestible because they are really good movies and a lot of them do cover some serious things, but it doesn't do it in a way that has to be very raunchy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think they have to take more thought into the actual plot to not come across a certain way instead of, you know, kind of leaning on basic shit, I guess. You you get what I mean? Well, yeah, it's kind of, you know how people always say that curse words are filler words and we all curse, Um, but, but they are to a degree. And you can say in movies, excessive violence and excessive sex scenes are fillers. Um, so, you know, like the movie Captain Phillips, right? That's a really serious movie. It has to deal with, you know, a ship getting taken over by pirates. But a movie like that my grandma still loves because it's able to tell its story in a very tense way without being just overly shocking. Um, and again... Listen, we we watch plenty of movies that have excessive violence and sex scenes and cursing and everything. I'm just saying from the perspective of my grandparents, uh, they really like Tom Hanks for this reason. And Forrest Gump is one of his most iconic movies. And yeah, you know, it kind of teaches you life lessons. I mean, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what it you're going to get. <laughs> it is. It is. Sorry, I, I, I really, I don't know. It's there's just so much in it for me I really you know I fucking love history history is my favorite thing in the entire world to learn about and you know it's almost like a history lesson too well yeah I mean you have sorry go ahead no 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 I was just saying like it, it it's just like a history lesson because you're going through every like major event in history up to the point of his birth down to the you know the earliest yeah absolutely so um i will say that that to me one of those iconic moments is uh bubba right and he's like and he's going through all the ways you could eat shrimp and i kind of sat there i'm like you know he's right there are a lot of ways you can eat shrimp (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) you're right there's a fucking lot of ways to um What's the word for it? Uh, cook shrimp. Dude, now I'm hungry. Thanks a lot, Tia. There, I don't know if it's still in New York City, but there was a restaurant called Bubba Gum. Um, I, I've been to one. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been there because 
I just don't think I was ever with people who were interested in going, but I would have been interested in going, especially they, I hope their shrimp was good because it's like, you can't have a restaurant called bubble gum and their shrimp not be good. I remember it was good, but I remember it was expensive, but it may have already been because I think I was in Florida around like, um, like Universal Studios, <laughs> which probably didn't help. No, it didn't at all. No, but I love that you picked Forrest. It's a feel-good movie, also bittersweet. It has a lot of emotions to it. Um, but I think what is great about this movie, especially for, say, Summer, is, um, you know, Forrest always has his, like, optimism. And that's really nice to see, you know? We, we all need more optimism out there. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know, he... He had a very different way of looking at the world, and I appreciated it. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone needed a Forrest Gump in their life. So, I love it. Uh, great pick for here. I'm laughing at your text message. <laughs> I know. I, I want to watch The Mummy now. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I know I said it was like, oh, we watched it the first time. But I'm also like, my you birthday's can, Thursday. You can watch it with that. My birthday off, and I'm like, I could watch the mummy. <laughs> you should definitely watch it. I recommend watching it immediately. Don't wait till you come here. Like, watch it. I won't sleep on it. I promise. Okay. Good. 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 All right. So I. What number are we at right now? Hang on. Let me make sure that I got everything. Wait. I think I did three. I did a uh, Hannibal, uh, Lawless, and Forrest Gump. Okay, so it'd so, be your number three. Second, because I'm not writing it today. I'm like putting it in a notepad on, you know, a computer. So whatever. Um, this <laughs> All right, so my number five here is on the list. Number five. So I'm gonna do a favorite of mine, right? Um, and I think that it's a perfect one to watch this summer because it's a lot of fun. It's a classic. Um and it's a knight's tale. Please, you know what? I, I, I am saying that I am Tia. You're good. You're good. You don't have to okay. I was like, I was like, I have a feeling already that you're going to say that you've never seen this movie, and I'm going to die. <laughs> no, my mom was obsessed with this movie growing up. I love the knight's tale. Love it so much. Uh, first of all, Heath Ledger is in it, um, so automatically. You got it, right? Um, And let me explain for those who are listening why it's a great movie and why you should definitely rewatch it this summer. By the way, I'm renaming this podcast. It's the top 10 movies to rewatch this summer. Oh, that's a good one. So you got Heath Ledger's character who is, you know, this person who grew up in poverty and it's during a time where like no one gets out of their you know class right it's a complete like caste system where if you're born poor you're gonna die poor right but he loves watching like the jousting shit but you can only partake in jousting if you are a knight if you are of royal blood so pretty much him and Jeffrey Chaucer and his other ragtag team of friends uh, make up this whole thing of him being of royal noble blood so that he can be a jouster and he's amazing at it, right? Um, you know, and it's such a fun, 
great freaking movie that is all about, you know, getting away from, you know, following your dreams, really, and not letting anything uh, stop you in the way, because you talk about during a time where that wasn't possible. Like now, if you're born in a certain situation, you have dreams and to a degree, they're obtainable, right? But but then it wasn't even like, oh, it's just impossible to say make that much money. It was like, no, you literally weren't allowed to get out of the position that you were in. So the fact that you have this character and he's getting out of that position and he's, you know, making a name for himself and he's making, you know, his dad proud and everything like that and X, Y, and Z. And I love, um, I love the end of it, right? You remember he actually ends up getting knighted. They're like, oh, we actually found that you really do have, like, this tiny bit of noble blood or something. I forget really what that was but I remember at the end he became a real knight and I loved it and I especially loved it because um Paul Bettany you know our vision played Jeffrey Chaucer who is a real life um person uh you know just like Shakespeare he wrote sonnets and stories and everything and A Knight's Tale the movie is loosely based on a Geoffrey Chaucer story, literally called A Knight's Tale. Um, and there's this, I love that. And uh, before I pass it to you, there's this one scene that I love because uh, as, say, someone who likes literature, I found it funny. Um, you know how in the movie, Geoffrey Chaucer's character was always getting like fucked with, with these like two idiots, pretty much? And he's like, I will immortalize you in my stories as two buffoons, pretty much. And I just thought that was funny because as a writer, you can do that. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, on the other part, you know, I love the French Revolution, right? But uh, I I was going to say what's, you know, funny, you know, even talking about that, there was a point in time where, you know, it's like, you know, you had the first estate, second estate, and third estate, and the first estate was the clergy, and second estate was the nobleman, and third estate was just everybody else, middle class, middle class, peasants, everything else. But with the second estate, with the nobleman, uh, there was certain things that only they could do. Like, they were the only ones allowed to wear, like, a sword on their hip or, like, dress a certain way. And it's like, how would you feel like if they're like, yeah, I have a sword on my hip, isn't that cool? And they're like, are you noble uh no well then you're not allowed to take the shit off you're yeah. not allowed to have that <laughs> insane. No. i know it seems so little but you know you think about like you know living where we do and being in the time we are somebody was like oh yeah you can't dress a certain way you're like what the fuck you <laughs> like you may get some stairs but nobody's gonna be like you are literally against the law for wearing this yeah no it's like so interesting um and sad, right, (laughs) to, you know, realize how things used to be. Um, Another reason, by the way, why I think that this is a good movie to watch during summer is it takes place, obviously, during, you know, medieval times and shit, and I just found out that the Renaissance Fair is happening this summer, so, (laughs) um, you know, definitely to get... 
to get into the mood for the renaissance and all that you know it's a perfect movie and i loved how it was like this movie in medieval times but then also had modern day rock music because there's literally a moment i don't know if you remember where the audience literally starts going we will we will rock you and it's like they didn't have queen back then obviously <laughs> you want to know something funny about that and you're gonna laugh and i need you to not judge me okay yeah I had never heard that song until A Night's Tale, and I was like, oh, it's a good song, and then I heard the actual song as a kid, and I was like, oh, it's for A Brittany, I am convinced that Arkansas is not part of the United States, and just... Wow, Tia, <laughs> wow. Way I to can't. hate on Arkansas. Apologies to all our Arkansas listeners out there. <laughs> just don't even like each other but if you talk bad about new york they're gonna turn up oh hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah um that's fine that's fine it's fine i will go over there uh but yeah i love a night's tale um i miss heath ledger that it's such a good movie of his it's so it's such a fun movie of his and yeah it was it's just a great movie so make sure you check out a night's tale this summer again uh Brittany, what's your number four well i'm torn between two but i'm gonna go ahead and go with this one because you said with heath ledger and i'm gonna go with uh 10 things i hate about you oh my mom like a lot of the movies i grew up loving is Mom had a habit that if she really loves a movie, she would rewatch it like no other. And so whether or not, like, say, just for example, it's like Annie. I remember watching Annie a million fucking times. Like, my mom would watch it and instantly start rewinding the tape to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And for and mom was obsessed with 10 Things I Hate About You. I remember back when I was living with my mom and we had DVR, she would record it. And she'd be like, you want to lay down with me and watch 10 Things I Hate About You? I don't, it's just such a cute movie. It's like, you do have that constant stress of like, what are you going to do when she finds out, you know, that he was paid, you know, to take her on a date and make her fall in love. But guess what? The bad boy actually does fall in love. And yeah, he's kind of rough around the edges, but guess what? He's got a heart of gold. And, and so is she. Does care. And she has a heart of gold. And she's not the hard ass that she makes herself out to be. And that the reason, like, she's the way that she is because the fucking guy that her sister's wanting to get with and how fucking scummy is. Ugh. And then, like, you have a freaking uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. Like, yeah. is this, is, I'm say, he looks so different. He was such an adorable, like, young adult slash teenager i'm like how did you go from being short little shit like you know looking like an adorable little bean to being a fucking like man being a batman being in all these amazing movies holy shit but uh i thought he was adorable in that movie and just like i don't know i think a lot about um 
when Heath Ledger is singing on the bleachers and running like hell as people are trying to get him and are just like laughing, you know, like just like, I don't know, it's very, uh, a very grand display of affection, whereas, you know, before in the movie, he wouldn't have been capable of doing something like that. And I think it was like also big because, you know, she was so poetic that something like that was probably more likely to speak to her. I I love that scene so much. It's like, because as you said, all right, I love this movie because it spoke to me because the main girl, right? I obviously felt a connection with her. She was, you know, not the typical teenage high school girl she rejected these high school teenage norms she was artsy and you know misunderstood and uh you know didn't want to do x y and z and i was like i love her so much you know um and i loved (laughs) i love their father's rules right because this whole thing i don't know if you remember the whole reason why this happened is because the younger sister wanted to date that scummy guy, but the rule was you can't date unless your older sister dates. And she's like, but she's never going to date anyone. And the father's like, yep, I know. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Dad's like, that makes my job so much easier. And so the thing was that they needed to get a guy who would date the girl and they said let's get uh you know Heath Ledger's character who as you said was the badass and you can see like he's playing with fire at some point they're like I'm pretty sure he's been arrested you know da 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 right he's like burning himself with a lighter at some yeah. point and I'm like staring at him and it's like <laughs> it, it made me think of like you know my my uh my older brother came by today and I was like, yeah, people don't really ask me questions. I was like, that's because you always look pissed off. And he's like, that's on purpose so people don't talk to me. And that's all I can think of for him where it's like, um, just like, I just, I'm doing it. Because that's the exact point. I don't want to be talked to. I think that's exactly what it was. And that was just so great. I loved their little date. They went like paintballing or something or paint throwing. And I was like, that's so cool. Uh, I love their little relationship with each other. Um, I like when she got drunk <laughs> at the party because <laughs> she was like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to do? As- nods herself out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so great. It was really great. And I, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character because he really liked the sister and he wanted to get with the sister even though the sister is getting with a really scummy guy. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's so cute. manipulating her. Like, she was manipulating him, like, yeah, you know, we can go on a date after, you know, my sister is dating, or, like, something like that, like, I, I don't know, I can't remember if she intentionally did it or whatever, but I remember going, man, that's kind of scummy. I'm sorry, I'm, like, looking at gifts on Tumblr about it, and I'm just remembering the one-liners that the dad had. It's like, uh, it's the younger sister and the younger sister's friend. It's like, Mr. Stratford, it's just a party. And he goes, and hell is just a sauna. <laughs> and he's like, put on the belly. Put oh, on the yeah. He <laughs> was a mom. Be like, before you go out, just remember. <laughs> just fucking remember. Oh, my God. This could be you. 
Meanwhile, in Arkansas, they're like, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> what the bitch? <laughs> I just do it just to make fun of Brittany, guys. Don't, don't. I'm already worked it. up. I'm already seething. <laughs> no, but 10 Things I Hate About You is great. And I like her, her little poem at the end, you know, because it ended with her just pretty much like, I hate how much, like, I fucking like you. I hate that even though you betrayed me, I just can't stop like thinking about you. Know, like he ended up loving you, girl. He ended up you're loving you. Like you like this speaks to my angsty soul. I think that's what it was. Is the whole thing was so angsty, and I think even at the end of the movie, if I remember, like doesn't he buy her a guitar, and she's just like this is so cool, and I don't know. That character spoke to me so much as a teenager. I pictured myself as that character. Yeah, yeah. But um, ten things I hate about you. That's a great. It's a great movie to watch during the summer. (laughs) You inspired me. I I really enjoyed that. I think that's a good one. And we have back to back both a Knight's Tale and Ten Things I Hate About You. So yeah, that's great. As they should be. As they should be. Oh, God. I know I keep saying this, but, like, R.I.P. Heath Ledger. I just think so. It's so weird because, you know, he he was an actor, and obviously I didn't know him. And it's like, oh, how do you, like, think about an actor so much? But I think everyone has that with one actor when they pass away that you just sit there and go, man, the career that that person would have had. It's the same thing. I feel as people still talk about Jimmy Dean, right? Realistically, did you know Jimmy Dean was only in about three movies? But because he was so yeah, but because he was so good at it, and he had such a like successful career in such a short amount of time, people still sat there and said, "Can you imagine what would have happened if he, you know, would have went on?" And I think that's how I feel about Heath Ledger. Because I sit there and go, if he were still alive, I can picture uh, several roles that he would have gotten over the actors who actually got those roles. And, and another thing is, just like people love a young, tragic death. Mm-hmm. And it's like the reason why people were obsessed with, like, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet, because there's the tragedy of it. And I feel like, you know, of course he was amazing, and I'm not taking that away from it, but. People like Mer- uh, Marilyn Monroe was young. Marilyn Monroe was young. Amy Winehouse, Aaliyah. I don't know if you were yeah. too young for that, but like Aaliyah and Left Eye from TLC, when they, um, you know, passed away, that was like a tragedy. Didn't one of the, uh, one of the Beastie Boys die? I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there was one where my mom loved Beastie Boys, but she said after, I can't remember his name, she's like, after someone died, I just stopped listening. And I was like, my mom listened to Beastie Boys? <laughs> Don't disrespect Beastie Boys. I love the Beastie no, Boys. No, <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, like, when you're, like, first getting into music and you're like, I don't, because, you know, I didn't have the internet. I didn't have any of that. I was just, like, hearing things. And I thought they were modern. And when mom, I was like, mom. The song's so good. And she's like, yeah, that's Beastie Boys. I was like, to fuck? My mom knows? What is this? <laughs> the 80s, man. Um, the 80s. No, yeah. You know, so like, 
Keith Ledger is kind of like that to me. Brian loves Aaliyah. Um, yeah, he, he does. Yeah, right? He like... Because even I know that about him. And I've only right. like met him like one. Actually, have I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I had a moment where like my brain pooped out and I was like, have I, have I met him? But it's been so long ago. It's been like so long, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but he loves Aaliyah. And I mean, I grew up with Aaliyah's music and I do think that if she were still alive, again, if she were still alive, I think there's a lot of movie roles she would have gotten and I think that her music would have, you know, continued. Um, potential you know what I mean like and I think that's tragic too where you're like you could have been all these things but now you're never gonna have the chance kind of sadness yeah exactly and especially when they're so young and it could have been avoidable because I believe if people were I'll look it up afterward you know um but I believe she died in a car accident or I thought it was a plane accident. It was a plane accident because Left Eye died in a car accident while on vacation to a different country. Um, Yeah. I was getting, because both of them kind of died within, um, like, not that long of a time and everything. Because I remember, you know, they were really big into the R&B and hip hop world. And Missy Elliott was really huge at that time as well. And I think, she really liked those two girls because I think she saw them both as young protégés almost. And so, yeah. when the two, so when the two of them passed away, I remember several of Missy Elliott's music videos where she always um, had both of their, say, portraits in the background. Well, now I'm sad. I know. I didn't mean to make it a sad thing, but. No, I, no, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I was just like, man, I was like, it is. Yeah, you know, there is a lot of tragedy to it. Uh, that's like a, as a kid, which I'm, I feel really sad. I'm having trouble thinking of his name because it's been so long. I was obsessed with that guy from Jackass. I had the biggest little girl crush on Brian him. Dunn. Yes, I had the biggest crush on him. And <laughs> Did when you really? <laughs> yes, I was obsessed with him because I like everybody was like, yeah, you know, Bam, and I'm like, yeah, fuck Bam, like. <laughs> Like I'm all about, you know, what you said, Chris Dunn. Brian Dunn. Brian Dunn. I don't know why I had such trouble remembering his name for a guy I used to be obsessed with. I I guess you know time, but uh, yeah, I was obsessed with him. I I thought he was the coolest ever. I thought I liked his beard and everything. I thought he was so cool, and he wasn't gross like the other guys. And I was just like, I don't know. He was just to me, he was just different. And that sounds so silly coming from a little kid mouth, like my little kid mouth. <laughs> I think I really like out of that crew Johnny Knoxville the most because I felt like he oh, was yeah. the I felt like he was the less gross of everyone too. Right. Um, Steve O's really come a long way. Like he came to a point Oh I yeah, and he, I like, commend him for that. I really do. Yeah. Because I think he said he at one point like he snorted glass, like glass dust and stuff like did some like stuff where he's like I shouldn't be alive like he was very shocked he was and I'm shocked he was he did this great I think about a year ago or something a great uh reenactment of a classic photo of his because I believe he's uh either 10 or 12 years sober at this point 
but he did a reenactment of an old photo where the old photo from however many years ago is him like foaming at the mouth and he has like all these drugs around him and you know blah blah and then he did did a reenactment where it's like all vegetables and juices oh my around. god i remember <laughs> oh my gosh i like uh, how they all equally agreed that we're getting too old for this shit and we're not recovering like we used to no not at all but i did want to mention one thing about the ryan dunn uh death i was shocked about that because i watched oh. I watched Jackass, I watched Viva La Bam, and when you're younger and you're watching all these guys do all these crazy things, you kind of feel like they're invincible, and then when someone yeah. dies, you're like, oh, they're not. Like, and, and I was so silly, but I think that was the first, like, celebrity death that actually, like, like not affected me, like, I'm not like, oh, yeah, you know, really messed up. It's like, it, I was I was pretty fucking upset about it, and I think I had never been, like, upset about a celebrity's death before that point. I mean, you know, I think it's okay to be upset. Like, some people say, oh, you didn't know them, blah, blah, blah. But when they're such public figures, you know, and you watch their things, I I think it's okay, right? So I sit yeah. there and I say, I think it's okay that I'm still kind of really shocked about Heath Ledger's death, or I think it's okay to still be upset that Robin Williams is dead. You know, like I think it's okay to I, to do that. I have a habit of really starting to fall in love with an actor's work after they're dead and after they pass. So I'm just like, you know, and I you crave more of their content like cause everything for you you know you got into amy winehouse after her death and you do have that kind of tragic moment where you're like holly i wish i would have liked them whenever they were alive you know to fully appreciate it or be excited for the new content but now you're at the point where you're like oh they're never going to make anything ever again i get that and yes Brittany is right 100 percent. like i got into amy winehouse after she passed away Um, Because I wasn't even really aware of what type of music she did until I heard her song. And I said, oh, my God, this is so good. And Brian's like, it's Amy Winehouse. And I'm like, this is the music Amy Winehouse made? Um, Yeah. But I want to say I get that sometimes with Linkin Park. I I sometimes have a moment where I sit there and go, man, Linkin Park hasn't come out with an album in a while. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) like i remember i think lincoln park was one of the first uh what was it called meteora i think that was like one of the first cds i ever owned really that's a good cd yeah <laughs> a good CD. uh it really spoke to my wannabe emo emotional <laughs> self who uh, had great loving parents that bought me uh black clothing with skulls and my mom was like you look so cute in this yeah, definitely. Um, Hybrid Theory and Meteora definitely spoke to my angsty teenager soul of just wanting to be that angsty when in reality I had no reason to be that angsty. But um, oh. yeah, I was going to say one last thing about Linkin Park too. I love their music. I'm sorry. They were one of my favorite bands when I was in high school because I, I said they're I said, no one's doing it like them. What other band has this style? 
I, I think it like I, I still laugh come like this was goth Chia that was like super like you, you probably were as afraid to be like this is how I feel about this music. Uh, I think that Lincoln Park kind of was one of those musics that um, transcended, say, every genre because it was literally two genres at the same time. It was rap and rock. So whether you were into rap, you were probably into Lincoln Park. If you were into rock, you were into Lincoln Park. So, um, and even though I had same like my goth phase. My music tastes very much in the rock world were very grungy and Linkin Park kind of was grungy. But again, merging these two methods of music that you couldn't help just be so fucking into. Well, now I'm depressed all over again. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's move on to the third to the third one and I guess this pick is kind of depressing too but I feel like it's a good event film to rewatch, especially on a Sunday when you're at home or maybe it's one of those days during the summer that's way too hot you should not be out and you know you're just inside blasting the AC um, and it's Avengers Endgame <laughs> and oh, I say <laughs> I say that because it's been two years since it came out. It's three hours long. And I'm like, you know what? You should rewatch Avengers Endgame. Um, because why the fuck not, right? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's definitely an hour burner. Like, you, you have time to sit and relax and listen. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Avengers Endgame, as you guys know, the culmination of 10 plus years of Marvel Cinematic Universe, every story from Iron Man 1 all the way through, finally coming together for Avengers Endgame. Can I tell you, Brittany, do you ever wish that you could relive for the first time uh, a moment in a movie? Oh, I do all the time, yes. Yeah, I mine is I wish I could relive Cap lifting Mjolnir, and I also wish I could relive the portal scene. No, you know, what's funny about him, you know, when he uh, throws Mjolnir and, like, catches it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody pointed out that you notice when Thor, you know, gets the hammer... He always, like, it just stops in his hand. It automatically stops. But because Captain America wasn't sure how it worked, he pulls back like he's catching the shield, like, expecting the recoil. So, you know, like, when he catches the shield, he always, like, arches his arm back, like, because the impact. He does the same with the hammer, not knowing that it would already stop in his hand, like it does with Thor. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. That's such an interesting thing. I never even thought about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I would. So I wish I could relive those scenes. Can I tell you? So um, I am very excited to go back to a movie theater. I know you've actually been back to a movie theater. I have not yet. Oh, that's um, amazing. Nothing 
was better than the experience in the movie theater, right? You're watching the whole film. You're taking it in, right? You're watching the the time heist as it's been dubbed. You're watching the time heist. You're watching them go through everything. And then, you know, it's the big Thanos scene and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's the big scene where, you know, Thor's down, Tony's down, and all there is is Steve Rogers, and he looks like he's seen better days, and he's looking at Thanos' army, and he's having his Jon Snow moment, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And then suddenly you hear uh, on your left, and the the quiet in the theater when all of a sudden the circle came and you see uh, T'Challa walk in. The freaking roar in the theater at that moment was like, that's special. I want to relive that so badly. <laughs> Man, that like, I don't know. that It, it was so intense because I remember like sitting there. Cause I think I went alone because uh, I really wanted to see it, but I think, like, you know, Aaron was still, you know, on the road, he was working, and so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna go, and I was sitting next to a girl, and, like, the exchange we gave each other, like, oh my god, did you see that? Yeah, it was, um, I saw Avengers Endgame, I got the privilege to see it before it came out to the public, it was for people of the press, right? So I had a press badge to go see it. And so it's like, you know, you have a room full of people that you know are going to go and write reviews about it afterward and all that, you know, it's not a room full of like, say, just casual fans. And the fact that like that room just bursted out and like cheering was just so cool. <laughs> you know, I and- I think that's such a perfect way and really speaks for it because it's like you it means that you have actual critics going that's the coolest shit I've ever seen you know what I mean <laughs> exactly exactly oh my god that's such a great freaking scene I rewatch that sometimes because just how great that felt where you're like they're all back they're all back <laughs> oh that relief Oh, I know. Whenever I sat there, because cause you get stressed out, and you know you you sat there for so long. Sorry, I turned my head right when I said that. Um, you know, you you feel like it was so intense that you had forgotten that uh, he had actually done the snap. You know yeah. that uh, the Hulk actually did because everything was going on, and I was like, "Well, he snapped, and you know what's going on? Something's gotta happen." But in that moment, it felt like nobody was going to come there. It felt like nothing was going to happen. And then suddenly it did. And you're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) No, for real. Um, Because, you know, in Infinity War, when all of them got snapped away, and then you remember Endgame, the first two hours, they weren't back. Everything that happens is in the last hour of that movie. And I remember talking to Kanan before that movie came out. And I said, how do you think they're going to bring everyone back? And Kanan's like, maybe they're not bringing them back. He said, you know, Marvel is looking to retire some of these characters. And I go, no, you can't just not bring them back. And so, and so when you're watching the movie in the first two hours, they're not there. And then as you said, you kind of forget that the Hulk even did the snap 
And you're like, shit, are they gone forever? And then suddenly they all come back and it's just the most satisfying thing ever. It was intense. It was very intense. I I was sitting there, I was just like, I I felt like the early my life, I was like, I got a message to you after this. <laughs> Like that instant moment where you're just like, holy shit. And you know what's funny is like me and Tia are very like do not care about spoilers. Yeah, we'll normally like, oh yeah, go ahead and tell me. This movie will like we like there's certain movies that we go, okay, I you know, normally I don't care, but don't breathe a word. And it was like <laughs> an unspoken thing was this fucking movie like like we'll see it when we see it. It'll be okay. It's an unspoken thing with Marvel movies that we're like, we are not going to spoil it. You have to go see it yourself. But yeah, I don't know. To me, that was just such a big moment. And especially, too, when, like, Steve Rogers finally says, Avengers, assemble. And they all just start, like, roaring and charging forward. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever! (laughs) By the way, I I have not seen, um, oh, what is it, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, You're missing out. Is Steve, is, is Steve still alive? Did he die? <laughs> they tiptoe around that. They never like come out and actually say it. Like in the show, they tease. They a lot of people are constantly asking Sam. They say, "Oh, where's Steve Rogers? I heard he's on the moon somewhere." <laughs> um, you know, just like stupid rumors. But they never fully go into it so i don't know if steve is dead or not did you watch the trailer for the eternals yet no i'm not going to see it yet oh my god it's so good and it touches upon that at the end actually at the end of the trailer they mention both iron man and steve rogers so um yeah you should definitely watch it once we stop the top 10 because it's a really good trailer. Um, I'm, I'm going to need to. But uh, what should we call it? Yeah, they never really go into it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, as you can imagine, the show, uh, you know, explores Sam becoming Captain America. I don't know if you've seen Tears the pitch. coming for you. Oh, yeah, you heard the sirens, my bad. <laughs> can I say, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, I really like Bucky in it. And it's not like, I, I never disliked Bucky. It's just his character was never, say, like, entirely interesting, right? Because he's always been, say, the brainwashed muscle and very angsty, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, and I apologize. That siren is really loud right now, so I apologize about that. But um, in The Falcon Winter Soldier, he has a lot of personality in it. He's him and Sam, you know, as you can imagine, their relationship is snappy and Bucky is full of sarcasm, which is hilarious, but they have some really nice, genuine moments. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I have to say, I think the Falcon and Winter Soldier show is my favorite version of Bucky. You know, what's funny is I didn't expect the Baron to be such a fucking, like, lovable character. The Baron? The Baron Baron Zemo is so iconic in that show. Uh, As soon as he was on screen, I said, hold up. (laughs) This guy is great. Because he seems so unhinged. 
in uh in the other movie where you're just like in the winter okay. in civil war sorry yeah, yeah, yeah and he just seems so like you know he's kind of the catalyst for all this bad shit happening it's like no he's pretty chill he's just i don't know he vibing no cool. it's, he is he's like totally like he's so sassy in it too and he's totally um sarcastic and chilling like there's moments where there's literal fights and he's just in the corner like sipping tea like whatever and i feel like i need to see it just for him oh Brittany, you really do you really do like you would love zemo in this there's this one scene in it where it's the three of them on a plane because apparently zemo's wealthy as fuck and so they're taking he's his, a baron of course he's a baron so they're taking his private jet and it's the three of them and i forget who they're talking about um God, who are they talking about now? I think they're talking about Marvin Gaye, right? And Bucky is making it seem as like maybe he's just not, say, the biggest fan of Marvin Gaye's music or he's not familiar with it. And Sam is like, you know, Steve loved Marvin Gaye. And Bucky's like, okay. He's like, I'm not saying Marvin Gaye's bad. I just, I'm not familiar with it. And Baron Zemo goes into like this whole spiel of like how you know, Marvin Gaye's uh, music really captured the African-American spirit and he's going through all these, like, things. And Sam is just looking at him like he's crazy and he's like, you are completely out of line. But he's right. <laughs> and I just oh, cracked yes. up. <laughs> and I'm like, Zemo is a man of taste. <laughs> he's a man of taste. I mean, no, I just didn't expect him to be so sassy. So sassy, but I love it. But anyway, Avengers Endgame is my number three. Brittany, let's move on. Uh, what is your number two? I think I'm going to go. I, I know we've spoken about this recently. I just really, really do enjoy this movie. Uh, it goes back to my mom. You know, I love my mom. Yeah. I always Matilda. Oh, because Matilda. It was always just a relaxed movie. Like a movie we just put on and just enjoy. Because, yeah, it had adult themes and you had the scariness going on. But, like, the... It's... I know this is going to be a lot. But, like, the setup of it is a masterpiece. Of, like, going through her childhood. Nothing feels rushed. You have her childhood. You see her parents. Like, how awful they are. You have to see her begging to actually go to school because she wants, you know, she teaches herself how to read. You know, you see her starting to get her powers, how she's learning to control them. Um, And then her going to school, meeting Miss Honey and like dealing with uh, Miss Trunchbull. And it's just, I don't know. It was a movie where nothing felt rushed and it was almost so like, it was so filled with stuff that you almost felt like you were watching a movie and its sequel all in one go because it had everything and didn't feel like it lacked anything. Because it's like, to me, I always remember the first half, you know, her childhood, her getting her powers, blah, blah, blah. Then convincing them to go to school and dealing with, like, basically the school arc of the story. And then, you know, until her adoption by Miss Honey. Oh, no, it's so cute, like... And you know what's funny, for a movie, because this is really before we had superhero movies, like the ones we know today and go, oh yeah, Marvel, DC, you know, really, you know, 
super superhero movies, which I don't know if we had Spider-Man by this point. I do have that timeline kind of mixed up. But you didn't see a lot of powers in movies. So to have like this like very like ordinary movie where the girl is freaking like telekinetic. Um was really I don't know it was it was so masterfully done and it's such like a soothing movie for me it's like a warm glass of milk type kind of movie (laughs) I love Matilda I believe we spoke about it not too long ago and as you said I like I like how you worded it that it was almost a superhero movie before superhero movies because she had powers and we all wanted those powers Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, I remember, do you remember being a kid and just, like, trying to lift things with your mind, and if a wind, like, blew it ever so slightly, you're like, oh, my God, I have powers. So, um, kind of related to that, but not in the Matilda realm, which, fantastic pick. I'm going to get back to that in a second. No, you did I assume that you watched Pokemon, right? Like, the original first Pokemon. Uh, I, Sabrina. Huh? Are you about to talk about Sabrina, the gym leader? No, no. Wait, am I? The one who can bend things with her mind? She the spoon! Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that scene where they're talking about when she was little and she first learned and everything, I remember as a kid watching that and going and instantly trying to get a spoon but that is just universal tia that's universal i gotta go try to bend the spoon with my mind now i gotta go try and bend the spoon with my mind like i remember instantly running and grabbing a spoon and i was like this is how it happens i was like i'm young uh, i have to learn i was like it's gonna develop <laughs> And it, only to find out the crushing reality that that will never happen. Oh, Tia, not sad. Stop no. it. Oh, my God. It wasn't meant to be sad. It was meant to be funny. No, but teasing. Yeah, Matilda is great. Um, just We talked about it before where everything about it, I love Danny DeVito's character. I think I told you that um, as horrible as her parents were, I do still love that they showed at least some sort of resistance to when Matilda was like, just sign the paper to, in order to give me over to Miss Honey. And I really felt as if like, they did feel a sense of not wanting to do that from a standpoint of like, Oh, well, but you're our daughter and everything. But I really love that. And we've talked about how much we uh, love. The I, know, I, know. I just and- had to throw it out there. Cause I was like, man, I was like, if you haven't seen Matilda, which you have, you know, you have to, but it's like, now you have to rewatch it if you've already seen it. it it's just, uh, you ever see those things where it's like, this is your sign to go do something? This is your sign to go rewatch Matilda. You have to rewatch Matilda. Matilda was amazing. Everyone likes Matilda. Um, what's my call? So yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, everyone who's listening should definitely rewatch Matilda. Um, yeah, we are down to the number one on our top ten movies you should rewatch this summer. Um, let's go through the list before we get down to number one. So we have 
Silence of the Lambs, The Mummy, Lawless, Godzilla vs. Kong, Forrest Gump, A Knight's Tale, Ten Things I Hate About You, Avengers Endgame, Matilda, and the number one is going to be Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, ooh. Oh, um, oh, that's good. And I figured that The Wolf of Wall Street was a good movie to rewatch this summer because it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, it's an absolutely bonkers movie that why not, right? It's the summer. Let's have some fun. Why not have some fun while watching Leonardo DiCaprio play a character that absolutely loses his freaking shit throughout the movie? <laughs> that movie was intense. I watched it for the first time at your place, remember? Like, yeah. And I just remember like, looking at it, looking at you, I was like, what the fuck is this? Between John Bernthal's character in it, too. <laughs> yeah, I know you're only really there for the but that, Oh my god, that movie was intense. Holy shit, now I... I kind of do want to rewatch it. Aaron loves that movie too. I remember my mom and dad saw it before me and they were like, good thing we didn't see it together because obviously there's a lot of sex scenes and the movie literally uh, starts with Leonardo DiCaprio's character snorting coke from like some girl's asshole. So clearly not the kind of... That's good (laughs) wholesome family fun, Tia. (laughs) not the kind of movie you want to watch with your parents but i don't know i loved leonardo dicaprio just going balls to the wall insane playing this freaking guy right um I-, I thought it was hilarious how he's this salesman who thinks he's going to you know be really good in the stock exchange and it's right at the time of a recession so he can't work in new york city so he decides to start working in like Long Island or yeah, it's like Long Island at some like little rinky dink place and just ends up building this massive empire, but it's all illegal. They're all doing a crime and just the whole like thing of it as it goes, just seeing his descent um, from being so rich and having it all quote unquote to just losing everything i don't know sometimes in a lot of movies that whole like formula stresses me out but for some reason it was a joy to watch in this wasn't he fairly happy at first before the money yeah and wasn't he uh, like he like he wanted to do more but i can't remember was he married before you know margot robbie's character or was he like dating someone i can't remember no he was married he had a first wife who was like you know, I don't care about the nice cars and the this and the that, you know, we weren't we happy in our little house, you know, and all that. And then he just got so money hungry, he got into drugs. He, you know, met Marco Robbie's character. He left his life for her. They get married into this big house and everything. And they're miserable. <laughs> they're absolutely miserable with each other. Um, but what you call it. I was going to say, do you know, I didn't even know what the hell, like, I had heard about them, but I didn't even know what, like, Quaaludes were until this movie. And it's like, they talk Did about you Quaaludes. Say they don't exist anymore? They, uh, that's a thing. That's a real thing. They don't exist anymore. They don't make them anymore. Like, so that, 
you don't see anyone taking quaaludes anymore because they literally don't exist. They're like an extinct drug, which is insane. I think that, didn't they used to be used for like like postpartum? I think, or was it like it was something was originally? I think for like uh, mostly like like uh, issues for women, but I don't know what it was for now. Yeah, I think they were made for you know like housewives that weren't happy with their husbands and the husbands were obviously telling the therapist like oh my wife is complaining too much just say she's hysterical and give her something (laughs) yeah well you know what's what's crazy is like um remember in deadwood uh like barbiturates are like a big thing throughout history that have been really prescribed for women a lot like for like depression or things like that and it's like quaaludes are a synthetic barbiturate like central nervous system depressant and a popular recreational drug in the u.s yeah yeah well and that's what i'm saying like i'm not just saying that to be like you know any sort of way i'm saying like there was a time in history where literally if say a woman you know, even voiced being depressed or sad, they're like, "Oh, she's just hysterical." Just yeah. give her something, you know. Yeah, so, give her something. So you know, but anyway, in Wolf of Wall Streets, when they're taking quaaludes all the time, my favorite scene is when Leonardo DiCaprio's character and um, Jonah Hill's character decide to take those quaaludes that are like twenty years old, and they don't think it's working at first, so they take a shit ton. And you just see Leonardo DiCaprio's character just almost go into a vegetative state. And I love when he gets in the car and he's like, and I got home without a single scratch on the car. And then you see the real car and it's pretty much an accordion at that point. <laughs> oh my god, right. Uh, uh, oh wait, looking at it, it said that uh, it was uh, supposed to be like a sleep aid. No oh. wonder he didn't fucking move. <laughs> I just love that movie. It's so crazy. It's so bonkers. And yeah, I love John Bernthal's character. And I love that scene, actually, where um, Leo is trying to get all of his friends like, oh, you know, sell me this pen. And they're all like, well, it's a nice pen and da 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 da. And John Bernthal's character instead is like, oh, I need you to sign something. Well, I don't have a pen. Supply and demand. <laughs> yes, John Bernthal was great in that. He was great in that movie when he's like, "Ma, get some chicken." <laughs> it's like, um, tell your sister, tell your sister, and I was like, "Bro, leave <laughs> sister alone." Yeah, no, I love that movie, and I love the end of that movie um, so much when Leo's character is trying to, like, talk to all of these people in, like, a conference, and none of them can sell him the pen, and again, you can just see how much his life has declined, because honestly, um, he was portraying a real-life character, like, that, that actually happened to a guy, and I'm like, you know what? You screwed a lot of people out of, out of money, so I don't feel bad for you. Anyway, Wolf of Wall Street is a great movie to rewatch this summer. It's a shit ton of fun. Uh, to me, it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best acting performances ever. One that he should have won an Oscar for. Yeah, uh, like, like, The Revenant was good, but it yeah. wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Um, and John Bernthal's in it. You know, 
our man John Bernthal was in it, so we gotta watch it. Rocking a like glorious mustache and uh like soul patch or something on his face. So you know, oh go check that out and everything. But yeah, Brittany, that is our list of the top ten movies to rewatch this summer. Uh, before we wrap everything up tonight, do you got any honorable mentions? I'm trying to think besides uh, Annie, because, you know, another one was mom. <laughs> um, oh, what's that? Uh, uh, the Goonies. Oh, oh The Goonies God. is a good one. Yeah. It's a yeah, fun it makes movie. makes me happy. Also had, uh, what the fuck is his name? Thanos. God, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Oh, uh, Labor Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think he was also in the Goonies. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was in the Goonies. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, uh, the Resident, because it's fucked up, and I don't know. I like a fucked up movie on a good night or a good day. <laughs> Who doesn't love a fucked up movie on a good day? Um, right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, what you calls it? I would say. Just for shits and giggles, uh, I know what you did last summer because it has summer in the title. Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> uh, Deadpool is always a good movie to watch because it's a lot of fun. So I'm just trying to think of like fun movies to watch because, you know, it's the summer. We should all have a lot of fun. But yeah, I don't have any other honorable mentions other than that. Uh, I think we did a good job on our list. Hopefully, we have given our listeners lots of great suggestions and we do this every week so make sure that you check us out because we're awesome obviously (laughs) 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 but uh Brittany, before we get out of here why don't you let everyone know where you're at what you're doing and all that good stuff gonna say you can always find me on twitch at itty bitty brit i'm hoping to get a lot more consistent again now that i'm out of the uh out of college for the summer i just have my two internships and regular work and um i played resident evil 8 uh dommy mommy was uh fucking amazing um started playing near automata which is uh, from that song I sent you to you. The, the freaking, they made up a language for this game. And it's supposed to sound like all the European languages like mixed together into one. And it sounds like, it sounds like legitimate words. Like, like, like it almost, like it is words, but it sounds like you should be able to understand it, but you just can't quite grasp it. I don't know, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at IttyBittyBrit0, and I update my schedule, photos, chats, the whole nine yards. (laughs) Yes, please make sure that you check that out, everyone. Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who spends lots of her time entertaining you all. I thought of one honorable mention, by the way, one one more, Uh, When Harry Met Sally. Because I like that movie a lot. Oh, that was a good movie. I watched it for the first time with you, too. I was going to say... Did I show you that movie? Because that's a great movie. Yeah, because I remember laughing my ass off. It's like, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. That honestly is one of the best scenes ever. Just because it's like, not even because she's particularly that convincing, but because he's so sure. Like, he's so sure about that. And she, and it's like, her character is so uptight, right? 
she's always, you know, she's got to have her food super particular and everything. So the fact that she was like, no, I need to prove you wrong. And I'm literally going to do it in the middle of a crowded diner. To me, it's just so hilarious. And that woman, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) Right? Like, I I think it's because it's like, you don't expect like the elderly lady to be like, oh yeah, I take (laughs) the implication. Whatever is making her react that way, I want it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so please everyone make sure that you let us know what movies that you plan on rewatching this summer. Uh, Make sure that you're checking us out, geekvibesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media accounts. Please make sure if you're not already subscribed to our Geek Vibes podcast YouTube account. We are over 1,000 followers, so we are very excited about that. We have a merch store. Please uh, make sure that you grab something and support us. We really, really appreciate it. And we're just going to be giving you a lot. You know, we got um, the Eternals, so the reaction to the trailer is on our YouTube page. Um, We're going to be covering the Loki series, which is coming out in about two weeks. So please make sure you check that out as well. And again, we'll be reviewing Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, um, all of the freaking amazing Marvel things that are coming out, all of the amazing DC projects that are coming out. So please make sure that you check that out. And as for me, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TC underscore Stark. Um, And we will see you guys next week. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, guys.